a crucial stage. It's not because of foreign wars we wage. It's more to do with the colors blue and red. Too many laws and too much government. Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread. So many people try to cross the border. Politicians build a new world order. Too many minds are convinced they should be led. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damned who went. Taking your right to self defense. They say you're safer, but they don't make sense. Dangerous ones will not turn in the guns. Always ask for more. All we buy is made on foreign shores. Come a day when there'll be real hell to pay. I've gotta be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damned who went. Calm down, calm down. Hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Tap into the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap Committee, live from historic Roan County, Tennessee. And uh, for those of you that are listening to the podcast, or if you're listening to the rebroadcast of uh, the show on Terrestrial Radio, uh, then there's a really good chance that you may be hearing this after the fact, maybe even a day or two later. <coughs> so, excuse me. So, for your benefit, time of the live broadcast is June 19th. It is 2022. And uh, it is, of course, uh, Father's Day in the United States. So, hope everybody's having or had a great Father's Day. Uh, tomorrow, uh, being Monday, which may be the earliest some of you folks hear this, uh, is the official federal recognition of Juneteenth, uh, meaning for a lot of us a uh, additional unexpected inconvenience because our banks <laughs> will be closed. Uh, so, you know, it's just any excuse for the federal government and for the banks, right? All right, I've literally had to spend time the last several days explaining to people what Juneteenth is. And I, I find that rather disconcerting because I, I don't like the fact that here I am having to be a source of information uh, involving a federal holiday. Of course, it's only been a federal holiday 
uh, for two years now. Last year, uh, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. had to do a little virtue signaling, and he did so uh, in the form of signing Juneteenth into a federally recognized holiday. I'm not a big fan of Juneteenth being a federal holiday, not because I don't think it's significant that in the state of Texas, the slaves were finally informed of the Emancipation Proclamation. But I do think that it should continue to be exactly what it has been up until now, a thing in the state of Texas, because it is specifically something that occurred in Texas and had no bearing on the rest of slaves being freed anywhere else in the country. So, you know, why are we celebrating it nationally? If the state of Texas wants to, hey, more power to you. I'd be very supportive of that. And I'm pretty sure I've said that in the past too. But for us to all just jump on the bandwagon, I think there should be something of more national import. But hey, when you're virtue signaling, it doesn't really matter, does it? Speaking of virtue signaling, uh, there is a lot of virtue signaling that probably needs to be slowed down, if you will. Uh, And I say that because there are some places where we have gotten to the point where violence is just getting out of control, and it has a lot to do with the left and their willingness to look the other way. Uh, The most obvious example of this, other than the protest uh, going on in front of the Supreme Court justices' homes, and and we'll talk more about that later. Uh, I'm pretty sure we'll talk about that uh, in the second segment of the first hour. But uh, another good example is the fact that a Democratic mayor in the city of Louisville continues to be a target by people that it's fairly safe to assume are probably leftists. The latest thing, if you haven't heard, uh, Mayor Greg Fisher, Democrat, city of Louisville in Kentucky, well, he was reportedly assaulted Saturday evening while he was uh, trying to have dinner. He was punched by a, a random guy for no apparent reason other than the fact that they knew who he was and didn't like him. Uh, The Louisville Metro Police Department released photos of the suspect, and uh, according to all the reports, the suspect appears to be a black male. Uh, They won't say that he is. I find that interesting, but certainly appears to be. And I don't know. I guess sometimes maybe that's a legitimate thing to say. If you're not getting a a really clear look, uh, or if somebody is maybe a uh, skin tone that could be uh, something other than African-American, I guess that's legitimate. I just – I know we don't always get the same benefit of the doubt offered up in other situations. Now, uh, it was announced by one of the uh, members of the mayor's staff, and they also posted on Twitter, the uh, Metro Police Department did, uh, stating that earlier in the evening, while at 4th Street Live, which is the name of the restaurant, an individual simply stepped up and punched the mayor. The mayor's doing fine. And uh, the police department's investigating and will release further information that becomes available. Uh, 
Anyone with information was encouraged to call the little tip line uh, anonymously, of course. Fisher, of course, was having dinner out after a rather busy day of virtue signaling himself. He was seen at multiple events earlier in the day, including the Race for Justice, which is in honor of Breonna Taylor. I mean, say her name after all, people. Uh, and he was walking for a bit in the Kentuckian Pride Parade. Uh, all of this reported by the Courier Journal. Uh, if you'll recall, uh, back in February, uh, Democratic candidate running for Louisville's mayor survived a shooting attempt on a local uh, racial justice advocate. Advocate, blah. English is my uh, first language. I swear. Activist is the word I'm trying to say for some reason doesn't want to come out. Uh, Quintez Brown, uh, when Quintez Brown pulled a gun on him, shot into the uh, area. You guys will remember that, right? So they went after the guy that was running against the current mayor, trying to get the Democratic nomination. And uh, now uh, another apparent black guy has attacked the dude after a hard day of virtue signaling when he was just trying to get us dinner. I think when I have said in the past that this ratcheting up of the uh, temperature that we've seen from the political left in this country uh, puts themselves at risk as well, uh, they just haven't bought into it. They don't believe it. I, I think some of them honestly believe that they are untouchable, that they're above all of it. I do think that some others honestly believe uh, the crap that they spout about it being the political right that's really the violent ones. It's like you can come across a violent political right of center individual in this country. But typically speaking, in the realm of politics, it's the political left that's far more likely to advance their agenda utilizing violence. Uh, it's just way more common historically, not just here, but all around the world. Uh, it's clearer when you look outside of the United States, but even when you just look at U.S. history, it's still pretty clear. Uh, need I point out the KKK or, you know, Antifa? Now, clearly, if you're a regular listener to the show, then you're not somebody that needs to be reminded. But uh, just in case somebody's accidentally tuning in for the first time or what have you. Now, if you'll recall back in Tuesday's broadcast, we were talking about how ridiculous things had gotten in California to the point that there were people leaving California to move to Mexico. Now, since that broadcast, I've seen a lot of other hosts pick up on this story, and they're, they're making a pretty big deal out of it because it is a big deal. When you look at how bad things have to be going in the state of California, how bad things have to be going under leftist ideologies and leftist political policies for people to decide, hey, you know what? I can take advantage of the work, uh, the distance work, the, the telecommute, the, the work from home situations that COVID has provided, and I don't have to be in the United States. I just have to be somewhere in Mexico where I can have strong internet and keep electricity. And when you're in some of the tourist areas or close to the touristy areas, you're pretty safe with that. But when you're moving to a country where literally it, it has become a narco state, 
where literally cartels get into wars, uh, just violence breaks out on the streets, and that still seems better to you than to stay in, oh, I just randomly select uh, downtown Los Angeles or possibly even downtown San Francisco, uh, across the bay over in Oakland, uh, even in Sacramento itself. If if those locations start looking more appealing, safer to you, and provide you more bang for your buck because the U.S. dollar is going further in Mexico than it is here in the U.S., uh, thank you, Joe Biden and uh, Joe Flation, which they still deny is theirs. Well, you know, it, that says a lot. But there's another story that comes on the heels of that that I think echoes a similar sentiment, and we need to talk about that. And that is a new survey just came out that says roughly a quarter of U.S. citizens, nearly a quarter of Americans living outside of the U.S. are either A, seriously considering, or B, flat out planning to renounce their citizenship. Now, around a quarter, guys, 25%, nearly 25% of Americans that are currently living outside of the United States are seriously thinking about renouncing their citizenship. And they name the U.S. tax burden as the top reason for their desire in this little survey. Uh, the U.S. tax burden. Hey, Joe. You're still asking people to pay their fair share. People are starting to realize that other countries are doing a lot of the same things that you want to do, and they're not killing their citizens under the tax burden that you wanted to do. So maybe maybe this is also part of the plan. You know, eventually if you run off enough Americans, uh, have enough Americans no longer considering themselves to be Americans, well, well, then maybe there won't be enough people to stand up and defend the republic as she slowly withering and dies. Many of the U.S. citizens that responded in this poll, who have currently taken up residence in another country, well, they're hit with taxes from both the host country and their home country. Uh, Greenback Tax Expert Services explained in a piece that they wrote accompanying these uh, survey findings that it is, in fact, the burden of filing U.S. taxes that is the top reason that makes these people want to ditch the U.S. citizenship, according to the survey. They polled 3,200 Americans, expatriates, living in 121 countries. This was reported by CNBC. Greenback noted that the U.S. has attempted to ease the tax burden of Americans abroad by putting in measures to avoid double taxation. However, U.S. expatriates still must file tax returns with the IRS every year, and many end up paying U.S. taxes. Quoting here from uh, the Greenback explanation, uh, because the majority of the world's nations use a system of residence-based taxation, most U.S. expatriates – excuse me for just a second. I had to hit the uh, pause button because I had to cough, and then I have injured my ribs I, the other day, and it has done a number on it. Ah, so forgive me as I try to get back on track, guys. Anyway, picking up where I had left off, despite – 
the fact that uh, the majority of the world's nations use a system of resident-based taxation. Most U.S. expatriates are required to pay taxes in their host country. So despite this, most of these have to pay taxes to the U.S. government on the same income due to the U.S. practice of citizenship-based taxation, meaning that uh, if you're a citizen, then you have to pay taxes no matter where you are. Now, the U.S. also has rules in place that require Americans to report on foreign financial accounts. The rules are designed to safeguard against tax cheats hiding money in offshore accounts. However, these particular regulations disproportionately impact expatriates since they are more likely to have overseas accounts. The survey found that millions of Americans living abroad were unfamiliar with Americans' financial reporting requirements, which would put them at risk of falling into trouble with the IRS. Another Concerning aspect of the survey also showed that 86% of the American expatriates, quote, feel like their concerns are less likely to be addressed by the U.S. government than U.S. citizens living in the U.S., a finding that Greenback's co-founder David McKeegan said struck him the most. I, I don't know why that would stand out a little more than than the rest of the findings here because let's face facts the uh, US government under any administration probably has far less concern about the concerns of US citizens that are not living within the country uh, they of course have their point of citizenship here they do still get to vote as long as they stay citizens. They should be uh, considered the same as any other citizen. But do you honestly think that they do? We've seen this same concern of calling elections on the night of the election, despite the fact that there's absolutely no way that all of the legal votes could have been counted. And a big chunk that still could be enough to sway an election in most situations are those votes that are coming via mail from U.S. citizens that are currently living outside of the United States. A lot of those actually happen to be active-duty military, not necessarily expatriates as we would typically consider them. But uh, still... We know that uh, there's just not the same concern there. There's not a belief that there's going to be enough of a difference in those votes to account for anything. So do you honestly think the politicians themselves then put the same merit, the same level of effort into addressing the concerns of those people? Well, clearly not, or they probably would have already made changes to the current tax system. If they're living somewhere where they have to pay taxes on their income where they're staying – how do you justify still going ahead and double-hitting uh, double those folks? If they're having to leave the country in order to earn that income, which is why most of these folks have initially left, then why would you feel that you're entitled to tax money from these folks? It's their income, but it's an income they had to earn outside of the U.S., right? I mean, I myself have had uh, headaches trying to 
make sure that my taxes are in order based on the fact that I sometimes have been invested in stocks that are based outside of the United States. There's reporting rules for that. Now, I've never been so uh, heavily invested into anything that it's actually required me to have to uh, pay anything in particular, and it's never actually uh, taken me to a location, a position where I got any great benefit from it either, but I had invested in those companies because they were doing well and they were in a service that I thought was prepared to do. You know, the same reasons anybody invests in another company. According to the 2020 census, there were up to 9 million Americans that are living abroad. The U.S. State Department estimates uh, that uh, that number is a little low. CNBC noted that just under 2,500 people revoked their U.S. citizenship back in 2021, much fewer than the record-breaking 2020. That's all never, nearly 7,000 Americans decide to renounce their citizenship. Now, I want you to think why this would be a story of import. Why would this coincide with our story from Tuesday about Californians migrating to Mexico? It all comes down to one very simple factor, guys. It's the fact that our government is running people off. It's not surprising at this point. We see every single day people doing their best to survive. But now, thanks to current conditions, some folks have more options. Now, I, for one, can't imagine abandoning the U.S. to go to a narco state. Once upon a time, I thought I might seek refuge in the great north. Our friends uh, across our northern border, I, I know several folks there that are good, common-sense people. But unfortunately for them, they're living under uh, the would-be tyrant Trudeau who's now is establishing the fact, according to him, that you don't have the right to defend yourself with a gun. You have to jump through all kinds of crazy hoops in order to be able to legally uh, go hunting or engage in sports shooting. Uh, but don't you dare, don't even think about defending your life using firearms. It's not allowed. You don't have a right to defend yourself. In Canada, according to Justin Trudeau. I know a lot of Canadians that disagree with that. I know there's a lot of Canadians that will probably, if it comes down to it, violate that precept and defend themselves and their families. And I say kudos to them, and uh, I would love to be able to offer you clemency uh, here and uh, sanctuary here. But until we can get rid of Biden and those that think like the Biden policies have been— uh, we may not be much safer for you. We literally have the uh, Ministry of Truth back in the form of this new little uh, cyberbullying council that Kamala Harris is supposed to be running. Told you it wasn't going anywhere. And it just got rebranded. 
course, I know most of you guys knew it without me having to tell you. I'm not trying to sound like a, oh, look at what, I was right again. Yeah, it's not something that I enjoy being right about, so I'm not bragging. But in case you haven't heard about it, it's, it is a thing now. It's a thing that happened, and you know, again, Kamala's in charge, so how effective is it going to be? Not very, I would assume. But it is astounding the damage that this administration has done to the mindset of the average American to the point now that even though there are still hundreds of thousands of people getting in caravans and traveling to try to cross our border to get a little piece of what we have to offer here, who are now so ready to just give away one of the most valuable things on this planet. I know people get a little worked up. I, I don't think I have ever gotten more angry hate mail from the left uh, than when I make this statement, but I continue to make it because I believe it to be true. One of the most valuable things on this planet is American citizenship. And now you got a quarter of Americans that are living outside of the U.S. that are ready to just tell you, well, you know what, never mind. It's not worth it. And you can't hardly blame them. They are paying their taxes twice, in effect. And these tax dollars aren't doing them any good. All they're doing is seeing an administration that wants to continue to waste taxpayer dollars. Because, you know, they're fully supportive of programs like in New York where – they spent thousands and thousands of taxpayer dollars to make sure that schools had drag queen story hours. It would have been a freaking punchline to a joke a decade ago, and uh, the the left would have laughed at you. Would have said, "Oh, that's conspiracy nonsense." We would, which of course is now code from them that, "Oh crap, they're on to us." If you hear them accuse you of being. Uh, trafficker of conspiracy theories and things that have been debunked, you better hear them as saying, oh crap, they're on to us, because that's what it typically means. Now, they don't break out the accusations of conspiracy theorists unless you've caught them red-handed anymore. Their connection, their relationship with the, the reality that we're all living in is tenuous at best, and for some of them, uh, they haven't met reality in a while. I mean, the one good news, the best news story I've heard in the last few days was the fact that when asked point blank, Hillary Clinton said no, a presidential run in 2024 for her is not on the table. Now, I would love to be able to take her at her word. I don't believe anything she says, but the fact that she's at least saying that right now is pretty good news. And again, that's probably the best piece of news that I've heard. The worst thing is, is, you know, I missed the Thursday broadcast. I was not in a very good place on Thursday physically and was unable to do a lot of stuff I needed to. Again, the, the rib injury. It, uh, anyway, we, we had a lot of stuff happen between the Tuesday broadcast and today. And yet almost all of those news stories, with the exception of Joe Biden taking a tumble on his little bicycle, 
Uh, it's, just, it's the same story. Somebody on the left, somebody in the Biden administration lying to you about inflation or trying to promote LGBTQ uh, even when they can't get all the stuff right. Much like uh, Joe managed to flub up in his little speech to the uh, union bosses the other day. It's it's a, I, so why why would somebody be willing to just walk away from U.S. citizenship? This is what we've got right now, and if we were to remove Joe Biden, or if heaven forbid, uh, his helmet hadn't held out and he had knocked himself silly. Uh, well, sillier, I guess, when he fell off of his bike. Uh, what do we got next? Well, there, there's Kamala at that point. Are we better off? No, but at least I think Kamala is so ineffective that not much else would happen. We just have to hear her annoying uh, platitudes when she gives speeches where she sounds like she's half of the time uh, as if she's talking to kindergartners and the other half of the time like she's expecting kindergartners to correct her because they should. There's a redundancy thing in almost every speech she gives. The time is now to take the time to have the time to do what we've been doing uh, from the first time and space is exciting. Okay. All right. Anyway. Nearly a quarter, guys, nearly a quarter of the folks that are living out, nearly a quarter of the people who mostly had to leave for their work that are living outside the United States right now don't see a good reason to want to come back, don't see a reason to continue to pay taxes. And it is the taxes that's the primary driver. But you know, you know there are other factors too. Violence in the streets, protests, and uh, stupid, stupid things we see every day. But uh, like I said, since Tuesday to today, uh, different names, different locations, different occasions, but still almost entirely the same story. So uh, it, despite the fact that the news cycle is going short of just repeating a lot of stuff that you've already heard, I didn't have a lot to choose from. Just the same stories. And we'll continue to talk about some of those same stories uh, right after this very brief break. So stay with me, guys. I will be right back as we slide into the mid-hour break. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. My name's Joe Biden. I keep forgetting I'm president. When one refers to the lifeblood of America, I'm sure they would agree it includes the U.S. trucking industry. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, when it comes to what you and I wear, eat, or use, it is most likely transported by one of the many legions of dedicated truck drivers crisscrossing our beloved republic. Starting in 1910, the development of a number of technologies gave rise to the modern trucking industry. 
1914, there were almost 100,000 trucks on American roads. In 1954, President Dwight Eisenhower laid the groundwork for the construction of the interstate highway system, which includes ribbons of roadway that enable America's dedicated army of truckers to deliver everything we the people utilize for our daily lives. The truckers, in my opinion, and often been overlooked and even maligned by irate highway motorists who berate the truckers for supposedly causing traffic slowdowns. Today, over 27 million trucks traverse our highways, hauling over 70% of the total volume of freight. Because of the 24-7 trucking industry, our economy will recover more quickly and our way of life be more secure. So when you pass a trucker on the highway, give him a thumbs up and tell him Ron Edwards said hello. I'm Ron Edwards. Check out theronedwards.com. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. It's not so unbelievable that governments would want to disarm their citizens, but that citizens would beg to be disarmed by their government is a much scarier thought. We've seen government control most recently in Venezuela, where citizens are left to defend themselves against a violent government by throwing rocks. Because not too long ago, they were disarmed by that very government under the guise of gun safety. Gun control laws like the ones in Venezuela are exactly what our political left in America would like to see here. As a mother, I am terrified. I have four children in our public school system. And if they knew that their teachers were potentially carrying a gun... They want to be disarmed by our government so badly that they protest in the streets, demanding that government take away their rights. All for that assault weapons ban, to keep these weapons of war out of the hands of civilians who do not need them. All for the prohibition of high-capacity magazines, because no hunter will ever need access to a magazine that can kill 17 in mere minutes. How does this happen? Well, it's complicated, but it starts with very powerful propaganda targeted at people who can't think. People who have been taught to believe that freedom is dangerous. People who can't think for themselves are targeted from many directions. Schools, movies, news sources, and even their own friends and family. And once they're on board with the anti-gun fear campaign, they continue to perpetuate the irrational gun fear. Well, they have to justify their position, right? You also yeah. don't need home protection. Um, no. you, don't, you don't need guns for home protection. You don't want to bring more guns into a situation. The answer to solving violence is not more violence. Gun fear is cultivated purely for the purpose of gun control support. But the people who spread it don't always know that they've been misled. They think they're doing a good thing. These same people are taught to hate gun owners. They're taught that gun owners are recklessly and intentionally putting everyone in danger. They're taught that gun owners are the enemy, and more government control will protect them from the enemy. Why does anybody need an assault rifle if they're not going to war? I don't think there's any reason to have 33 bullets in a killing machine that you can take into a place like a school. Watch these anti-gun activist groups in action. And you can't help but ask yourself if they have any clue what the real results would be if they were successful. So what's the real problem here? Is it really guns or is this about something else? I mean, do guns cause violence? How do we let the gun grabbers hijack the conversation and direct the focus to firearms when we all know we really should be talking about what causes human violence? You see, if we were to look at what causes human violence in this country, we'd be forced to look at gang violence, open borders, sanctuary cities, rampant pharmaceutical drug use, and gun-free zones. All things that the anti-gun political left supports. So to the anti-gunners, 
Why in the world would you want your government to take away your rights? The Second Amendment is not a privilege. It's your right. I'm Dan Wass. To check out my webcast, go to LoadedMike.com. To check out my book series, go to GoodGunBadGuy.net. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break. You know, I I was listening to the Edwards Notebook and uh, heard Ron encourage everybody to tell every trucker you know that Ron said hi. You know, we should do that. Seriously, we should. Uh, Last time I spoke to a trucker, uh, I had a hard time getting them to understand what I was saying because we had a bit of a language barrier. I literally had to break out Google Translate on my phone. and even then, uh, my phone was all like uh, very doing very good understanding their dialect and uh, their accent. Had a trouble with mine. I, I don't understand. I don't have that much of a southern draw. Uh, every now and then it shows up uh, unless I'm uh, trying to do the over-the-top thing for exaggeration purposes. But anyway, uh, Google Translate just doesn't seem to like the south. Uh, at, at any rate, that's just where we are. But hey. Uh, let's do it. Now, uh, taking a look at some of the other things that were uh, touched on during the, that break, obviously we were talking a little bit uh, about gun control again. That is a hot-button issue, and I will remind everybody that a bipartisan gun grab is still a gun grab. So just keep that in mind, and especially with midterm elections coming up, uh, it, I think it's interesting that a lot of the folks – that decided to join the Democrats in creating this little framework of theirs uh, all happen to be folks that were not up for re-election in these upcoming midterms. So just interesting when they choose the timing for bipartisanship. Just just throwing that out there. That's not true with uh, all of them, of course, but uh, for most of them, a lot of political courage there, guys, a lot of political courage. Okay, before we jump back into uh, this next story, news story, that is, I want to take a minute to uh, ask you if it's been really hot where you are because it has been really hot here where I am. In East Tennessee, It's uh, it's been pretty rough, and I know that we've actually been a little better off than – uh, a lot of our friends and neighbors uh, to the west and uh, to the east of us, uh, the heat wave has been hitting some folks worse than others. But wherever you are, we've got summertime coming up in full swing. We're not quite there according to the calendar, but we're only a couple of days away. In fact, uh, the second hour of today's broadcast will probably be aired on terrestrial radio on the first official day of summer. That's, of course, being June 21st. Which is Ron's birthday, by the way. So, you know, happy birthday, Ron, to you early. Uh, and uh, I'll have to say that again in the second hour, so I need to make a note to remind myself to say happy birthday to Ron again in the second hour. Uh, but anyway, happy early birthday to you, Ron. Uh, 
before I jump into the, the, anything else, though, if you're doing outdoorsy stuff, I hope you're taking ice with you. And if you're taking ice, that means you should be using a cooler. And if you're going to use a cooler, you should have the best cooler available. And uh, I tend to think that if you have two different coolers of equal quality available, then you go with the better value, which one costs the less. So I would highly recommend 10-day ice at roughly half the price. That, of course, would be my friends over at Blue Coolers. Uh, link in the show description if you're at the podcast. Follow the link, please. Go visit. They'll know I sent you by using that link. Go see everything that they still have on sale. A lot of you have probably missed out on the Father's Day specials that were going on. But uh, as of this moment, at any rate, uh, Blue Coolers had several different discounts and uh, pricing breaks available site-wide. So it's really worth your time to just go visit and go see it. Now, if the entire link is not live where, wherever you're seeing the link at, then just copy the link and paste it in your web browser. It'll work just the same. And if you're listening to terrestrial radio, you don't have a show description in front of you, or if you remember to, to check it out later after the show, but now you don't remember where you're going to be able to, to track down the show again, uh, maybe whatever reason, then just come visit me at tapintothetruth.com. That's T-A-P-P, intothetruth.com. And uh, once you get on the homepage, scroll down past recent guests, and you can click on one of the banners for Blue Coolers. It'll work just the same. Now, with all that having been said, let's get back to the show. The theme of the first hour has had a lot to do with the left's increasing propensity for violence. And it's not that there's a new embracing of it. There's just a new level of looking the other way. We no longer see uh, politicians and office holders standing firm and at least even though they might secretly be rooting for the violence because they're uh, taking out their opponents they're they're no longer publicly condemning the violence i mean we get a we got a little lip service from the white house from barely there beijing biden when it came to the would be assassin showing up at Brett Kavanaugh's house but yet he still fully supports fully supports protesting at the homes of the justices, even though that's a violation of local laws where most of these judges live, and it's a violation of federal law in regards to it is um, interfering with justice. You know, you, you cannot interfere like you're doing. You cannot try. The justices are supposed to be insulated from the body politic, not drug into it. Now, the left, of course, once it moved in that direction because they're tired of losing. And nine times out of ten, when they have something legitimately presented in front of a court where the judges are actually more concerned about the law and the Constitution than they are about uh, whatever type of social engineering they want to do, whatever type of uh, – Activate, activist actions from the court they want to engage in. If you can avoid that, 
then they almost always lose because the merits of their cases, they don't stand up to constitutional mustard, and they rarely stand up to logic and reason. Well, that just means that uh, now they've got to find a way to intimidate judges while still claiming to be trying to defend uh, freedom of expression. Since when is it illegal to protest? Well, it's illegal to protest in a lot of circumstances. Uh, A lot of places require you to get a permit, and you can't get a permit to protest in a place where it's not legally permitted, like, I don't know, residential areas. If there are laws in place, uh, you are supposed to conduct a protest in a legitimate fashion that's in a public venue, not in a private one. It changes to a terroristic threat type of situation if you start going to people's houses. Now, I've heard more and more of these uh, leftist morons that are office holders, and even a few that uh, have stuck an R at the end of their name, talk about how they have people protesting in front of their houses all the time, and they're okay with it. But they're not okay with it. Uh, More often than not, if you take the time to look it up, uh, they have made phone calls to get these protests broken up. They don't, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer don't want people protesting in front of their house. And the only time that they're not going to do it is if the, uh, not going to have it all busted up and broken up and uh, these people thrown in jail is if there's a bunch of TV cameras there. And I mean a bunch of them. And that's only because they're afraid of how it would look. Now, these people want to say that they're okay with it. I'm not okay with it. Not even at their houses because, again, there's a time and a place. There, there is a way to be appropriate. Uh, protests should still be respectful to a decree. And I, I get that some people want to use a protest as an excuse to elevate it to the next level. A riot is not a protest. I don't care if they riot because something bad happened. That's not a protest. It's certainly not a lawful protest. It's not protected Uh, By the Constitution, it's not protected by any law anywhere. And if you try to pass some new laws, it's still not going to be covered by the Constitution because, again, it's not the right way to protest. Well, from the very beginning of the leak of the Supreme Court opinion, we've had people talking about going and protesting in front of the uh, homes of the justices, especially – since Ruth sent us and a couple of other folks started doxing their home addresses and putting them up online, it's how the would-be assassins showed up at Kavanaugh's place. But now a group of uh, pro-abortion protesters, they marched in front of uh, Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett's home uh, this past uh, Saturday. They were wearing blood-stained clothes, and they were carrying toy dolls, all in an effort to protest the potential overturn of Roe v. Wade. Saturday action uh, added to a series of protests at the residences of the conservative Supreme Court justices. Some of the folks that were there uh, were heard saying uh, things like, We aren't incubators. Okay, so you're not an incubator. Don't get pregnant. See how easy that is? That solves the problem. And, and, you know, I'm not the type of judgy person that's even going to get onto you and how you choose not to become pregnant. I, I will tell you that abstinence is probably your best option on the table to not get pregnant. 
But you know what? I know you guys. You, you've been you've been brainwashed by the left to the point that by now, if you're a 12 year old and not sexually active, there's something wrong with you, right? Uh, in fact, the truth of the matter is the left's been trying to tell you now that if you haven't had at least two abortions by the time you're 16, there's probably something wrong with you. And and if you feel shame or uh, depression or any negative emotion involving that abortion, then there's definitely something wrong with you because you're supposed to be proud of it. You're supposed to be screaming. You're supposed to be shouting your abortion. You're supposed to be letting the world know that not only have you had a baby in your belly, but you had it forcibly removed, that you murdered that little preborn baby human, and that you're proud that you're actually a bloodthirsty what ever type of yeah if you've got any negative feelings about it at all then there's something wrong with you but you're not an incubator a youth procession delivered baby dolls to amy coney uh, amy coney barrett we aren't protesting to change the minds of women hating fascists well uh, good for you because you know what uh, those aren't the people you're talking to anyway. In fact, I would legitimately try to make the case. I know you wouldn't listen, but maybe you would hear it and think about it later. Maybe a few years down the road it might kind of sink in part of it. But I'd make the case that the people that are trying to convince you that just going around murdering preborn children because you have degraded yourself and your worth so low that the only – a uh, way that you can find any meaning to your life is to go around having cheap, meaningless sex. That that's actually the people that are the women haters. And considering that they support cancel culture and uh, control of your speech and uh, want to try and teach you a right think, uh, because any other thoughts outside of the box are dangerous to them. I think I can make the case that they are also the fascist in this situation. So it's actually the folks that are trying to protect these presently pre-born humans that are not the woman-hating fascists, but are the ones fighting against them. Anyway, they continue. Some of the other things they said, uh, we're calling on the pro-choice majority, on you to get in the streets to stop hashtag SCOTUS from overturning Roe. To rise up for abortion rights. And, of course, the Rise Up for Abortion Rights Twitter account posted uh, those same things along with the video of the protesters. Uh, uh, many of them fairly young, just walking around, blood-stained uh, uh, clothing uh, down in the crotch area, carrying their little baby dolls like, oh, we, we had to give birth and now uh, this is where we're at. Children forced to give birth to children. Women will be inferior. All of you who are pro-choice, come to D.C. and stay. This is a declaration from one of the other protesters that uh, was posted again by this same group. Children forced to give birth to children. Uh, why are the children pregnant? 
Why are we not teaching better morals than to let our children get pregnant? Or if we're going to let our children get pregnant, why are our children not using birth control? I mean, that is how you kind of made this a normalized thing in the first place. Oh, you see, the children are going to have sex anyway, we were told. That was something that started while I was in uh, just before high school. Heard that quite a bit. Mid to late 80s, uh, they started chanting that the children are going to have sex anyway, so we need to make uh, child, we need to make birth control readily available uh, for these students. But did you really? No, see, what they did is they normalized the idea that these kids should be having sex. What happens when you have sex? Well, even even if you're using certain forms of protection, if you don't follow the instructions or if you're relatively inexperienced with what you're doing, there is a lot of opportunity to get pregnant anyway, which again is why the whole abstinence thing is your best bet, the, the places you should be starting from. But if you're not going to do that, well, then you shouldn't. You should not have an easy out on accepting the responsibility for your actions. I, there is literally nothing, nothing in this world that you should have an easy out on your responsibilities. If we were talking about uh, some uh, deadbeat dad somewhere in regards to child support where the kid was born – and you want to go after them, well, you're not going to give him an easy out. You're going to expect him to live up to the responsibilities, the the consequences of the choices he made, you, you fully expect him to live up to, right? And, and I'm not saying you shouldn't. Don't Don't try to twist this up. But I'm saying there's a flaw in your logic. And the fact that you don't see this as a juxtaposition, uh, makes me concerned about how much circular reasoning and how much surgical logic are you using to try and brainwash our children. You're certainly, hello teachers, you're not teaching critical thought anymore. You don't teach children how to read something critically. In fact, you're barely teaching them to read. And, and the worst part of that is, is I know a lot of very good teachers. I do. I'm proud of the teachers that I have been associated with in the past. I'm happy, and I, I hate being so negative towards the education system now. But unfortunately, the curriculum is not sufficient for what needs to be done. And teachers keep getting their hands tied, so there's a lot of good teachers that are just kind of stuck. It's like, at this point... It's either do what they say or go find another job. And I'm just saddened that there's not enough of them in a position to just walk away. I mean, I really wish they'd just open their own school. Let's open up a new private school. Let's just walk away from the public school and let's do something to make it easy enough for all of the kids that were in your class before to follow you. Kind of like recruiting athletes to a new school. Let's just recruit students. Let's find a way to do that. I don't know how you would get the funding for that. Unfortunately, I don't know enough people with those type of connections to even start pulling that together. But that's really what we need to do. 
if we're going to save the country and save our children. Babylon B had a uh, a great video uh, talking about uh, this past week where they were talking about uh, a new survey finds private schools are uh, leaving children short on the opportunities to be indoctrinated in LGBT uh, gender theory and to be called racist. So, uh, you know, it's there. How do we stop that? How do we save it? Is it too late to save public schools? If so, let's start working on the alternatives. You can homeschool. If you've got kids, you can do it. I know uh, a lot of you don't want to. A lot of you feel like you're not in a financial situation, but you've got what it takes to do it. I assure you, you do. And you'll have people around you that will be willing to help. But uh, how did we get – how do we get to this open acceptance of this level of political well, – I was going to say theater. But uh, it's really a kind of a combination of political theater and brainwashing of the youth and a lack of critical thought and a lack of glorious lack of life experience. And still, it doesn't quite cover everything, but all of this has led to the raising of the political temperature in this country around issues that shouldn't be an issue. I mean, we've got Kamala Harris out here trying to convince us that a person doesn't have to give up their religious beliefs and still support abortion. I don't think Kamala has any real religious beliefs, if she honestly believes that. Nancy Pelosi saying she's very Catholic and she still supports abortion. Uh, no, Nancy, not if you're very Catholic. You're not very Catholic if you support. So, yes, the religious beliefs matter. But the reason this shouldn't be an issue, it's not because people aren't allowed to disagree on the topic. I mean, there is a right and a wrong scenario here. There is a major moral component. I do believe there is a correct answer. But in America, we're allowed to be wrong. This shouldn't be an issue because this shouldn't be at the federal level. You want to march in front of the Supreme Court justices because they're going to send it back to the states? That's what they should do. And if you knew the Constitution, if you've been taught anything, and if you knew the best way to get what you want for you, it's better if the federal government doesn't mandate it, if you've got local power to control it. you got a much better shot of having exactly what you want at a, a local level than you do at a federal level. That's going to have to be it for the first hour, ladies and gentlemen. If you're listening to the podcast, stay where you're at. Hour number two starts right after this. If you're listening on Terrestrial Radio, tune in again tomorrow at the same time. I will be back with hour number two from today. In the meanwhile, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort. And most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Hey, Joe. This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go,
state clan taught to play. Is in a crucial stage. It's not because of foreign wars we wage. It's more to do with the colors blue and red. Too many laws and too much government. Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread. So many people trying to cross the border. And politicians build a new world order. Too many minds are convinced they should be led I've gotta be free The way God made men And I won't be ruled by the damn you went Taking your right to self-defense They say you're safer but they don't make sense Dangerous ones will not turn in the guns Always ask for more. All we buy is made on foreign shores. Come a day when there'll be real hell to pay. I've gotta be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damned. Welcome to today's broadcast of Tap into the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humbled uh, host, Tim Tap, <clears throat> and you know, I'm mostly peaceful, and I am mostly peacefully coming to you from Roan County, Tennessee, uh, the home. The Rockwood Tigers, home of the Harriman Blue Devils, home of the Kingston Yellow Jackets, home of the Midway Green Waves, home of the Oliver Springs Bobcats. And uh, I'm sure there's probably somebody I'm leaving out, but uh, <laughs> at any rate, uh, it is indeed time of the live broadcast where I am uh, recording this. It is June 19th, 2022. It is Father's Day, Sunday. Tomorrow will be Juneteenth, officially recognized by the federal government. So um, what I have going on, though, for terrestrial radio is our number one is actually going to be aired on Monday. So that'll be the 20th. So everybody got a happy Juneteenth uh, for what it's worth to you if you're celebrated. If not, then, yeah, another day. Uh, and... Uh, for the folks that are listening to Terrestrial Radio, you're hearing this hour, hour number two, 
on the 21st, Tuesday. According to the calendar, it's the first official day of summer. So, happy summer, everybody. And uh, also happens to be my mother's birthday. So, happy birthday, Mom. And and it is the birthday of one Mr. Ron Edwards. So, uh, happy birthday, Ron. Uh, we'll be doing some Edwards notebooks in just a little while. Now, if you were listening to the first hour of the broadcast, you got to hear me talk about uh, how a quarter of Americans that are currently living outside of the United States are thinking about giving up their citizenship, mostly because of high taxes. And another category that uh, kind of speaks in code but has a lot to do with the fact that uh, Defunding the police had been instituted in a lot of places, leading to higher crime rates. That, that, that too, was a factor. We talked last week, last Tuesday, in fact. It would be an hour, a week ago uh, on the time of this uh, broadcast that you're hearing it on Terrestrial Radio that uh, a lot of Californians were actually leaving California to move to Mexico. Literally, a narco state looks better than the Democratic-controlled and run situation and and what should be one of the greatest states to conduct business in there are very few states that have the same level of natural resources and uh, various uh, geographical conditions uh, based on one one part of the state to another i just california is just awesome from the standpoint of what the state looks like and what you got going on there but your governance, guys, seriously, wake up and smell the reality. They're turning you into a third world country. In fact, they're turning you into a place that's so bad that people would rather move to a th third world country than stay there. You also heard me talk briefly about this ridiculous protest march in front of Amy Coney Barrett's home. But... That really was not the, the focal point of what I was discussing during that segment. So if you are listening on Terrestrial Radio today and you missed hour number one, then I would invite you to come find the podcast and listen to hour number one. You can find it just about anywhere that you get podcasts, including YouTube. Just look for the Tap Into the Truth uh, YouTube channel if that's where you go. I would rather you go over to Rumble. And while I'm talking about Rumble, I'd also like to invite some of you guys to come on over to Locals.com and uh, join the Tap Into the Truth uh, Locals community. Uh, just come on over, join it, and uh, you know, start interacting with one another. Uh, Got to get some folks over there. And right now, for those of you that are still looking to try and win a free copy of A.J. Rice's upcoming new book, The Woking Dead... You get double opportunities uh, right now if you sign up uh, to become a member of the Locals community. Just go ahead and make sure once you signed up that you go ahead and put in one post mentioning the, uh, the A.J. Rice book, The Woking Dead. Or, well, no, not or, but and, and go ahead and mention where you normally listen to the, uh, to the show whether you're listening at the, the last frequency or if you're listening uh, over KYAH, 540 AM, Utah's Talk Authority, uh, 
or if you're listening on Spotify or iHeartRadio or uh, Google Podcasts, wherever you might be listening from, just go over to the Tap into the Truth community at locals.com and uh, just sign up for free. Become a member of the community and uh, just let your first post be a brief introduction where you listen to the show and that uh, you're looking forward to the release of uh, The Woking Dead from AJ Rice. You do that. Uh, your chances of becoming a winner increase. All right. Uh, what do you say we get into uh, this next bit of information? Now, I commented back in the first hour of how a lot of what's transpired between last Tuesday's broadcast and today is basically just different faces at different places, but still the exact same thing. And this is... Uh, an example of exactly that. Uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen was all over the place uh, today, time of the live broadcast, last Sunday, depending on when you're listening, uh, going on these different shows, blaming global factors for America's spiraling uh, reduction in purchasing power. It's called inflation. Declaring every person that would listen that uh, a recession is, quote, not at all inevitable. Does it sound familiar? Same thing that Biden said. Same thing uh, half a dozen other folks have been saying. That seems to be the talking point because somebody said that it looks like right now that a recession's in inevitable. So the new talking point is that a recession is not inevitable. Now, this would be humorous except for the fact that they keep doing it. And we all pretty much know it's true, because there are a lot of folks that are typically big supporters of Democrats that are calling this out for what it is as well. And we'll focus a little more on that in a minute. But Janet Yellen, she's supposed to be the Treasury Secretary. She's supposed to know her stuff. And she knows that she is supposed to be working for the American people. There is an expectation to tell us the truth. Showing up uh, in this particular instance on This Week with George Stephanopoulos over on ABC, the former Federal Reserve Chair acknowledged that inflation is at unacceptably high levels. Do you think? Do you think? Ah, but uh, she did say that a recession might not be around the corner. I would love to know why she thinks that it's okay to lie to us like that. Because she does know. Make no mistake about it. She knows she's lying. But she said, now I'm going to quote, I expect the economy to slow. It's been growing at a very rapid rate as the economy, as the labor market has recovered. We have reached full employment. It's natural now that we expect a transition to steady and stable growth. Transition to steady and stable growth? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, let me finish the quote. But I don't think that a recession is at all inevitable. Now, first, there's so much to break down there. I expect the economy to slow. Yeah, I, of course you expect it because, again, you know exactly what's happening, no matter what you're telling us. It's been growing at a very rapid rate as the economy 
as the labor market has recovered? What is the level of recovery, Secretary Yellen? We're literally talking about a situation where the recovery would have been much stronger, much faster, uh, almost hang on to your socks going at rocket speeds if all you did was just open everything up and get out of the way. That's all you had to do. Literally, Joe Biden could have just said, well, uh, COVID lockdowns are over. Boom, and get back. And the artificial coma that our economy had been put in, that super record-setting growth, red-hot, unprecedented, best economy for minorities in U.S. history, best economy in decades, period, was on fire, would have been right back. All you would have had to do was just sit back and make sure that the vaccines were available for the folks who wanted it and that you didn't have stupid ideas about the kind of things you needed to be doing to try and slow that down. But you see, the point all along when it comes to the folks that are pushing the current economic agenda is to destroy our economy. I'm sorry, I do not give them the benefit of the doubt on this. I'm not going to chalk this up to incompetence. They are horribly incompetent, but they have a plan. And their plan is to crush and destroy the economy because they want to move us away from carbon-based energy, which is the backbone of our current economy. Now, why exactly is it they want to move us away from that? Well, because in a true free market economy, with carbon-based energy that is both abundant and reliable, lots of us regular, ordinary, everyday Americans have an opportunity to elevate ourselves on the economic ladder. Some of us who are in the middle class could move on up to the upper class. Oh, no, new money. Rich people hate that. <laughs> Not all, but there's a good number of rich folks that are like, oh, new money. Huh. People that are in the lower level of the economy can move into the middle class. Upward mobility is available for everybody when you just set back and let business do their thing. There does need to be some level of regulation for some industries. And that's a discussion on a case-by-case -case basis that we could have, and I would not necessarily oppose the ideas that you may offer up depending on what you're talking about and what industries we're discussing. But when it comes down to it, for the most part, the job of government when it comes to business should be to get out of the way. Let them do what they can do. And let the market decide the winners and losers. Stop trying to pick winners and losers yourself. Government is terrible at it because government is run by people who typically couldn't do well in business on their own. All you had to do was step back. But no, that's not what you did. You wanted to spend more money. You wanted to give away more money to give people a reason not to go back to work. And then you wanted to keep certain industries locked down while giving a leg up to others. You wanted to pick winners and losers. 
Then you wanted to spend trillions and trillions of dollars on other things that you did. And yes, Joe, while you're saying, not saving, I'm sorry, that's not what you did. While you're changing lives, there's not a one of them that you're changing for the better. Because what you're actually doing with everything that you've tried to do is you've made the economy worse. Whether you're talking about the cost of fuel and energy or whether you're talking about trying to find baby formula or trying to find a tampon now, evidently. Again, I'm going to say uh, I think you guys are pointing in the wrong direction when you're talking about a war on women. Take a look at who's making this stuff happen. But all you had to do was get out of the way. That's all you had to do. It's not what happened. And Janet, you know this. You, they literally, she literally said that they've reached full employment. By what standard? What metric are you using? Because there are a lot of jobs out there that are still open and available. Yes. Is everybody that wants a job is getting it? Well, maybe. But the terrible, terrible secret is not everybody who stepped out of the job market due to the COVID lockdowns has bothered to come back. People who should. There are people that are no longer being counted as being unemployed because they have chosen to leave the job market. That's why there's such a high demand for employees right now in companies. And that is going to turn around and cost the economy quite a bit soon, too. It already is costing a lot of businesses just from the logistics side of things. Never mind the extra fees that are having to be charged because diesel's gone through the roof. Getting people that are working in logistics to show up and do their jobs well is getting harder and harder. I can give you an example from my day job where we shipped a uh, order that included four separate cases. No, I'm sorry, five separate cases. One of those cases actually arrived at its destination. Now, they all left our business same time on the same truck. They were all going to the same destination. One of them arrived where it was supposed to. The other four, the other four somehow magically, mystically traveled all the way out to California. Now, they traveled from East Tennessee to a town in Northern California that's on the coast. Now the destination that it was going to, where the one where the one package actually did arrive, it's in North Carolina. It's in North Carolina. Literally just a little bit east of Maggie Valley. Now if you're familiar with North Carolina then you know that Maggie Valley is just barely over the mountain. It's just barely outside of Tennessee. So it had to go just about about 60-something miles further than Knoxville, which is just up the road from us. Four of the five goes to California. You want to tell me that's not going to end up costing the economy too? But regardless of that, my point is... That if you have lots of people who should be going back to work who simply aren't, and some of the best options employers have are employees that even after you've trained them, that's the level of effort that you're getting, then I don't think you should get to legally 
say that we're back to full employment. I know that legally you guys can play around with the terms to make that case, and I can't call you a liar by your technical definition, but I also know that based on a very realistic definition, not your technical one, but something based in reality, something rooted in what's happening in the real world, I can very much call you a liar, and in fact, I'm going to. But you know that, Janet. See, a recession is defined by two consecutive quarters of negative economic growth. Okay? By now, you've probably heard just about every host and their grandmother give you that definition. By now, you've probably heard, if, if you're anywhere close to my age or older, then you've been hearing it since the Jimmy Carter era. That's a recession, and it's really easy to get into a recession if you're not doing smart things. Now, Barack Obama missed it by having uh, extremely slow growth. It felt like a recession, but technically, there was a small amount of growth. Uh, there would be uh, there would be a transition where there was less. Uh, you'd have the negative, and then you would have something that was like even just break even, as as opposed to negative. But once you're already down, and then you don't improve any, then you're still down. So it still feels bad to the consumer. Now Obama managed to get away with some of that stuff, but. Uh, the U.S. gross domestic product declined at its annualized rate of 1.5% back in the first quarter of this year, that being 2022. Now, whether or not the U.S. is now in a recession will be determined at the end of the month, you know, when the second quarter comes to an end. That's what they're going to – they're going to hang their hat, and they're going to hope that they come close to breaking even. That's what they're going to say. But they uh, don't have to improve. They just have to come up with breaking even based on last quarter's already abysmal numbers. But the people that are currently working for the administration are doing nothing but lying to you for political purposes. And how do I know that? How should you know that? Because there are people that are Democrats that are out there that are actually telling you the truth on this. They still believe that their credibility should mean more than uh, Team Blue, especially if they don't think particularly highly of Joe Biden in the first place, like a lot of folks that worked for Barack Obama. Former Obama administration economic advisor Larry Summers is a really good example of that. He was out on the Sunday talk show circuit warning today that all precedents in the economy are pointing to a recession. Now, he did use a qualifier coming in the next two years. So he's hedging his bet. He's almost guaranteed to be right, even if they technically avoid a recession by virtue of not continuing to have negative growth beyond the negative growth we've already gotten. But he still says it's inevitable at this point. Summers was on Meet the Press. Obviously, uh, Chuck Todd uh, wanting to get a good guest on. You know, a good guest defined by the left mainstream legacy media, somebody that's going to tote the Democratic line, typically. But you see that the Democratic Party right now is pretty well divided. About half of them do not want to proceed with Joe Biden because he's been such a reckless disaster. 
They want to distance themselves from him because they want to try and survive the next election cycle. I mean, even AOC, who, let's make no mistake about it, she didn't come up with that decision on her own. She's waiting for her talking points from the Justice Democrats. But even she refused to answer a question as to whether or not she would endorse Biden for a second term. It's like at this point, hey, why not? Now, I know it doesn't make for good party politics, but if you're asked point blank and then you're challenged on your non-answer, why not just give the answer that uh, you're not convinced that he's worthy of your uh, your consideration, of your vote, of your endorsement for another term based on where the current term's at? You can always say, add a qualifier like, we're certainly hopeful that things will turn around and that uh, Joe Biden will start doing more of the things that we were hoping for. But you see, the problem is what AOC and the other uh, uber-woke mega-leftists, the so-called social, democratic socialists, what they want would have us in far worse areas, just like Joe Biden trying to claim that they've cut the deficit. Uh, well, they've reduced the deficit, not through his own actions, but because he's not been allowed to get everything that he's wanted. If Congress, if Joe Manson had not stepped up on a couple of occasions, inflation would be far worse and the federal budget deficit would be far worse. And I'm sorry, I don't think you're counting when you make your claim about reducing the federal deficit, I don't think you're including your Ukrainian spending. I don't see how it's possible. I mean, maybe you found some creative accounting techniques out there I'm not familiar with. I would love to see them, Joe. But see, the, the tricky thing here is like with so many other occasions, they, they count what they want to count, and then they don't count what they don't want to count, And then they convince you that what they're telling you isn't 100% true. And they know the difference. Anyway, Larry Summers was uh, visiting with Chuck Todd on Meet the Press. And he says that, uh, quote, a whole range of indicators, including markets, relative levels of uh, interest rates at different durations, consumer expectations, and supply and demand – All of these things are pointing towards a recession, which, again, is defined as two consecutive quarters of negative economic growth. I repeat that because it's what he said. Continuing to quote from Summers, all of that tells me while I would presume whether to judge the timing, while I wouldn't presume to whether to judge the timing, the dominant probability would be by the end of next year, we will be seeing a recession in the American economy. Now, it's important to remember that Summers also served as Treasury Secretary back in 1990s. He also said that the perspective had become the common view among a number of statistical models and forecasters, meaning most of the people that are being honest about what they're seeing are saying, yeah, we're, we're headed towards a recession. And given the current refusal to acknowledge that it is, in fact, the Bidenflation, the Joeflation, 
the refusal to acknowledge that and then thereby refusing to change any of their policies. In fact, they're double, triple, quadrupling down on some of the things that have made it the worst. That means that we're probably going to fly right past recession and go headlong into a depression. Anyway, Summers was talking about some of the economic precedents. He he, uh, said that in a different Bloomberg interview, uh, quoting from there, if you look at history, there has never been a moment when inflation was above 4% and unemployment was below 5% when we did not have a recession within the next two years. See, that's truth. Just proof that Democrats are capable of it, right? Because this guy is a Democrat. This guy doesn't want to be anti-Democrat, but he certainly has no compunctions about being anti-barely-there Beijing Biden. He worked for Obama. He's worked uh, for Clinton. He's worked for other Democrats. He's worked for Republicans. He's an economics expert. Now, I'm not big on the credentialing, but this is a guy that if your economic expertise is you've listened to a couple of AOC TikToks, then I'm going to take this guy's word over it before I'm going to take yours even if I like what you're saying better. And believe me right now, I would love for things to be as rosy as the Biden administration keeps trying to tell us that it is. The Biden administration, for its part, has been acknowledging the challenge of the economy, but they kind of continue to just in a lockstep kind of ways so that the economic turndown isn't inevitable. Jennifer uh, Granholm, the energy secretary, Janet Yellen, I already talked about, they both said this uh, at different shows today. Yellen told Stephanopoulos, I expect the economy to slow down. Now, I've already given you that quote. According to uh, a conference board survey of 750 CEOs that was released this past Friday, a majority of top company execs foresee a recession within the next 12 to 18 months. A small minority, roughly about 15%, said in the same survey that the region in which their company operates is already in a recession. In the National Association of Manufacturers survey, nearly 6 in 10 business leaders indicate that a recession was more likely in the next year due to inflationary pressures. Now, of course, Biden himself has been out there saying left and right that Vladimir Putin is responsible for raising the the cost and accused businesses of price gouging to boot. This past Thursday... In an interview with the Associated Press, Biden encouraged Americans to wait and see whether economists were correct about their recession predictions. They shouldn't believe a warning. They should just say, let's see, let's see, which is correct. And from my perspective, you talked about a recession. First of all, it's not inevitable. That, that was Biden. That was barely there, Beijing, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., 
the American people shouldn't believe a warning, even if the warning's coming from economic experts that just currently do not work for your administration. Because that is literally what every economist that does not directly work for your administration is saying. It's what a majority of business leaders are recognizing as the reality. It is literally what is happening out there, Joe. But, uh, you know, let's wait and see. Let's wait and see. Hey, I got a question for you, Joe. What happens? How how did that mindset work out for the folks that uh, were in the Louisiana area, particularly New Orleans, for, you know, when Hurricane Katrina was coming in? You know, again, days and days of warning ahead of time, and nobody left. It seems like the folks that believed the warnings fared much better than the folks that said, let's see. Let's see which is correct. Only the difference here is, I'm pretty sure you can turn on the local news or turn on the weather station and get a more definitive picture, something that's easy enough to see than somebody trying to explain an economy to a group of people who have been undereducated intentionally by the public school system when it comes to economics. But if there's a warning out there, maybe you should heed the warning. It doesn't mean you have to react. It doesn't mean you have to overreact. But uh, pay attention to the warning. See what it is they're saying. Dig a little deeper. Learn a little something about it. And then realize how badly you're lying to everyone, Joe. And again, the worst part is I have to backstep on that one. Janet Yellen, I know, is lying. Because I know she knows better. I don't know if Joe is lying or not because I don't know if he knows any better. That, by the way, is not me trying to give cover to Joe Biden. That is me giving one more reason why Joe Biden should not currently be in office, period. All right, let's take that mid-hour break before it gets any later. Uh, you guys stay right where you're at. I'll be back right after this. I'm Ron Edwards, host of the Edwards Notebook, and you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap Into the Truth. Regime figurehead Joe Biden and California Governor Gavin Newsom have set the stage for something I never thought could occur during my lifetime. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. Not the violent KKK, the Great Depression, not the great Dust Bowl droughts of the 1930s, not the 60s riots, not the Great Recession of the late 1970s, not even the leftist government and dragon media approved riots over the death of St. George in 2020 convinced legions of sovereign U.S.-born citizens to head them up and move them out of the United States. But rickety Joe Biden and nasty Pelosi's nephew, Governor Gavin Newsom, have enacted policies so bad, even America hater Ali Obama is amazed. For the first time in U.S. history, many Americans, especially in California, are immigrating to cartel-dominated Mexico to seek a better life. 
the willingness to beg Saudi Arabia for oil while prohibiting our republic from sustaining energy independence, we had not long ago borders on retardation and is downright evil. Both Biden and Newsom have done everything they could to destroy economic opportunity while helping to prevent children from being raised up in the way that they should go. Wake up, America. Your republic is dying. I'm Ron Edwards. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Let's talk about guns purely from a self-defense perspective. How many people are there in America? Well, if you said just over 300 million, you're correct. It's closer to 325 million. Now, let me ask you this. How many acts of violence are there per year in America? Well, if you said just over 1 million, you're correct. It's approximately 1.2 to 1.3 million. So if there are just over 300 million people in America and just over 1 million acts of violence occurring in America every year, what are your chances of being the victim of one of those attacks? Well, if you said 1 in 300, you're correct. I don't know about you, but I don't like those odds. I know your odds might change depending on where you live, but if you live in an area with less crime, wouldn't that make someone else's odds go up? I mean, the number of people in America didn't change, and the number of violent attacks per year didn't change. Some of the highest crime rates in America are in Democrat-run cities where there are the strictest and most restrictive gun laws in the country, putting good people at risk because they can't defend themselves. The anti-gun left and anti-freedom groups like the Everytown Gun Grabbers continue to paint a dishonest picture of guns in America by telling you that guns cause violence. This is why they push the term gun violence. It's to help people who aren't paying attention believe that if we were to remove guns, the violence would magically go away. The truth is, not having a gun is more likely to make you a victim of violence. Two and a half million times per year in America, guns are used to save lives. This doesn't necessarily mean good guys killing bad guys. This most often means just the mere presence of a gun deters a bad guy. By the way, 46% of those defensive gun uses are by women. The more guns are restricted, the more people are put at risk. The people who try to scare you and convince you that guns are the problem ignore the fact that we're all potential for being a 1 in 300 statistic. The people who ignore this are the same people who will purchase a lottery ticket with a 1 in 20 million chance of winning. They ignore the facts when pushing their agenda, and they know the odds that they're creating are dangerous. Human violence in America is not an argument for more gun restrictions. It's an argument for more guns in the hands of good people. So regardless of how desperate the anti-gun left is to disarm Americans, we've found a simple and effective way to defend yourself from violent attacks, rapes, carjackings, or shootings. Shoot back. Anti-gun hypocrisy has run rampant because of a dishonest media and an anti-gun political party that's willing to sacrifice our great American values, put good people at risk, and destroy cities with unnecessary violence just so they can gain political power. It's time we understand their strategy so we can defeat them. Our founding fathers saw these tyrants coming over 200 years away. That's why the Second Amendment was written. I'm Dan Wass. To check out my webcast, go to LoadedMike.com. 
To check out my book series, go to goodgunbadguy.net. You're listening to Tap Into the Truth. My name's Joe Biden. I keep forgetting I'm president. Rise and shine, sleepy Joe. Now's the time, don't you know, to get into a new kind of dream. You can rest your head on the corner of your bed. You can watch the world go by. But you're never gonna see what the other people see. If you're always gonna be a blind dog faced pony soldier. I am a lying dog-faced pony soldier. Uh, at least that's what Joe Biden would have you believe, because he doesn't want to hear it anymore about reckless spending. He's changing lives, and uh, the guy's out of control, and he's getting angrier. He's an angry old man yelling at clouds, telling all the kids to get off his lawn. And the whole time, this is when he's trying to, like, Ride his bicycle. Of course, you know, he got really excited. It's not his fault that he just randomly fell over. Uh, you know, it, it, it turns out he saw some children and he just got in too big of a hurry to go sniff their hair. I, I'm quite certain that that's what happened. After having seen all the different video footage and getting all the different angles, I think that's what just happened. He's just like, oh, I bet their hair smells so good. Ah, boom. Hello, ground. Hello, ground, my old friend. <laughs> I tell you what, do you know how close we have possibly just came to having to say President Kamala Harris, uh, even if it was just temporary scary stuff? All right, before we jump back into uh, the next uh, bit of news and then my commentary about it, I want to remind you guys that if you're like me, you probably have a pretty powerful sweet tooth. And... If you're also like me, needing to be a little healthier, needing to find something that can help satisfy your sweet tooth and still help you to be a little healthier, I think I know somebody that's got you covered. Go visit uh, the folks over at Built Bar. Uh, the summer bundles are already in place, and they've brought back some of the old favorite flavors. And, uh, you know, you've got so many different things going on. Plus, Built has way more than just the protein bars going on. Now, yeah, again, they're candy bars. They keep calling them protein bars. They're candy bars. They taste too good to just be protein bars, I promise you. But they've got way more than just the protein bars going on. They have uh, these uh, hydration and immuno boost uh, uh, packets that you just add to water, and it's just awesome. A lot of other really cool stuff going on over at Built. Uh, way more than just uh, the bars uh, visit Built. Follow the uh, link in the show description if you can. If the entire link is not lit up, please just copy the entire link and paste it into your web browser. And if you're listening to terrestrial radio uh, or if for some reason you're just doing this later after the fact, you're not able to uh, just follow the link, then just come visit me at tapintothetruth.com. That's T-A-P-P, intothetruth.com. Uh, you'll land on that homepage. Scroll down past recent guest, 
and uh, then you'll see some banners for Built Bar. You can click any one of those banners, and that will take you. And the thing about using that link in the show description or clicking that banner is it will let them know that I sent you. So that kind of helps me out. So, you know, we turn a win-win into a win-win-win. See, it's already a win-win if you go visit and then actually buy something there because Built gets a great new customer. That's you. You get some great products that uh, you were needing or wanting. Uh, So win for you. Yay. Good job. And then we can turn it into a win for me because you get to help support the show as I get just a tiny little commission for every time you guys make a purchase. So the bigger the purchase you make, so let me encourage you to go big, uh, the, the bigger that commission gets to be. But it's a great way that you can help support this show and still get all that great stuff and uh, become a great new customer for Build Bar. So anyway, just go check that out. Well, what do you say we get back into the news? Now, the culture war is being fought on many fronts. And there are some strange new headwinds that seem to be forming. Some of the currents that had been going all one way are now starting to swirl back around. There's pushback to ESG scoring. There's pushback to businesses being forced to take a political stand uh, when it doesn't affect their industry. There's even some companies that were starting letting employees go because they couldn't behave themselves like professionals while they were on the clock. Well, there's a new place where some of this pushback seems to be uh, occurring. The FINA, the world's top international swimming association, well, they announced over the weekend a brand new policy on gender inclusion. This brand new policy, well, it's going to further restrict biological males that identify as females from elite swimming competitions, meaning that while they had certain rules in place before that would allow that to some extent, they're going to tighten those regulations, making it even harder for biological male to compete as a woman in a swimming event. Uh, quoting from the uh, FINA president, Hussein al Masalam, I think. If, if Hassan, if I butchered your name, I apologize. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know that Hassan's listening to the show, but in the event that he or someone he knows is, if I butchered your name, I promise you, it is my East Tennessee tongue and not anything intentional. But anyway, uh, the president of the association said, quote, we have to protect the rights of our athletes to compete. But we also have to protect competitive fairness at our events, especially the women's category at FINA competitions. Now, this new policy also seeks to consider an open category for transgender athletic competition. Now, this is something that I've been saying for a while. I know I'm not the only one. Uh, I no, I was saying it before I heard other people saying it. I don't think they got it from me. I think one of these cases where uh, the old saying is great minds think alike. I don't know that I can claim to be a great mind, but I'd like to think that uh, I'm at least a good mind. So at least a few other people kind of came along to the same conclusion where there should be a separate category for the transgender athletes. Just 
you know, we, we have the men's division, we have the women's division, and then we have the transgenders division. And, and even then, that should probably be split in half, uh, depending on which way you're transitioning. Although I've heard some people say that, well, they want to pretend like there's not a difference between the two, so why should we split that up? I still think that if realistically you're trying to c compete and create a uh, level of fairness, that uh, you still have to kind of divide it in two. Uh, that, that's just my opinion. Now, I certainly don't. I don't consider myself to be an expert on that per se, but uh, I do think that that's the best way to guarantee fairness in athletic competition. I'm just saying. Now, in the minds of a lot of people, this is common sense. And this feels like a victory for those of us that have been trying to protect women's athletics for the last little bit. And for conservatives in general that tend to think that this type of behavior uh, only furthers the uh, gender confusion of gender theory that's being forced on our kids. But uh, again, quoting uh, from uh, the president of uh, – F-I-N-A. He says that the F-I-N-A will always welcome every athlete. The creation of an open category will mean that everybody has the opportunity to compete at an elite level. This has not been done before, so F-I-N-A will need to lead the way. I want all athletes to feel included in being able to develop ideas during the process. The only biological males who could compete in women's swimming under the new policy. Sorry, I had to hit the button again. But the only biological males who would be able to compete in the women's uh, swimming under the new policy would include swimmers who have had male puberty suppressed beginning at Tanner Stage 2 or before age 12 whichever is later, and they have since continuously maintained their testosterone levels in serum or plasma below 2.5 nanomoles per liter. Fancy way of saying they got to keep it low, very low. Now, the new policy would prohibit athletes like Leah Thomas from competing in elite swim meets. Uh, Thomas, of course, made history earlier this year as the first transgender swimmer to win an event at the NCAA Division I Women's Swimming Championships. Thomas had also shared plans to pursue professional swimming with the hopes of reaching the Olympics in women's swimming. This new policy may throw a big old monkey wrench into those plans kind of up in the options for Thomas and other similar swimmers. Now, Thomas, of course, told ABC News, quote, I intend to keep swimming. It's been a goal of mine to swim at the Olympic trials for a very long time, and I would love to see that through. Yeah, I bet you would, Leah. I bet you would. Former U.K. swimmer uh, Sharon Davies told BBC Sports that uh, she agreed with the decision, saying, quote, Four years ago, along with 60 other Olympic medalists, I wrote to the IOC and said, please, just do the science first, and no governing body has done science until now. That is what 
F-I-N-A, has done. They've done the science. They've got the right people on board. They've spoken to the athletes and coaches. Swimming is a very inclusive sport. We love everyone to come and swim and be involved. But the cornerstone of sport is that it has to be fair, and it has to be fair for both sexes. Athlete Alley, a pro-LGBT group, that supported Thomas in women's swimming, spoke out against the policy. Understandably. We don't like it. Saying that uh, FINA's new eligibility criteria for transgender athletes and athletes with intersex variations is discriminatory, harmful, unscientific, and not in line with the 2021 I. Sorry, excuse me, had to hit the button again. Um, the, the 2021 IOC principles. Again, I think we covered that the IOC is kind of screwed up on that one. But if we truly want to protect women's sports, we must include all women. Okay, Athlete Alley, you're not protecting women. And you're not encouraging all women to participate in women's sports. You're in encouraging men to participate in women's sports just because they say that they're women. Now, I like the idea of having a separate league, a separate category uh, within this organization. It's like if you're going to do this, then do it right. Have the separate league. That, That seems like the best thing that you can do. To sit here and say that you're somehow being bigoted and uh, being exclusive and not doing the science, well, to me, that says that I've got to pull the the Indigo Montoya uh, line again from The Princess Bride because you keep using the word science, and I do not think it means what you think it means. Now, on the one hand, that seems like a pretty big victory, right? That's that's big. And if they stick to their guns, and it's yet to be seen because the leftists are just beginning their attacks on this. We'll see if they stand their ground. I hope they do. They should. Common sense needs to return to a lot more places. And once enough people start showing the kind of courage to stand up and say what's right and do what's right, eventually more people will join them. Once you no longer have to be afraid of being canceled. And hey, if you need evidence that you don't have to be afraid of being canceled, look at Gina Carano. Gina Carano doesn't have to worry about being canceled. The Daily Wire uncanceled her. Look at Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan doesn't have to worry about being canceled. Spotify's already invested way too much money to just drop it. You, you need to look at Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle so uncountable that he literally has uh, leftist nut jobs trying to charge the stage and trying to stab him. And that didn't work out too well either. So again, I'm going to say Dave Chappelle, uncancelable. Now what we need is uh, average everyday Joe over there, also uncancelable. We, we need to get back to a point where we end the cancel culture. But... Alas, before I go, I must share you uh, share with you a story involving and blah, I swear English is my primary language. Uh, FIFA, you know the the soccer folks, the world's largest soccer association, 
and the organization behind the World Cup. Well, they're kind of going in the other direction. They have announced that they're currently considering a plan that would drop the measurement of testosterone among biological men who identify as women in order for them to participate in women's soccer. Now, the association's current eligibility standard for biological men who identify as women, well, that requires them to have a less than five nanomoles per liter after at least 12 months meaning that they have to be on this uh, testosterone reduction plan for 12 months. They have to be checked, and then it has to be below that level. And then they have to be checked again. Now, quoting here from from, uh, the news outlet, the Daily Mail, the new regulations are still at the consultation stage. And it is understood that some members of uh, FIFA's senior management are unconvinced that they should be published in their current form. Meaning that at least some of them are thinking, I don't think it's a good idea to just stop the testing. Now, women's rights activist Julie Scott, she of course went to, that's right, you guessed it, Twitter. Because, you know, that's where all things happen. Uh, She took to Twitter to blast the proposal, saying, quote, if this goes through, it'll kill women's football. How can they claim this would balance fairness and inclusion? It's the opposite of that. You know, Scott's right. I can't argue with her on that one. She's absolutely right. Now, this report, of course, comes as the cycling tour organization, the UCI, strengthened the requirements for biological males to perform as a female um, following their uh, case of their transgender cyclist, Emily Bridges. During a May interview, Bridges told Diva magazine that it was wrong to claim that biological men who identify as women hold physical advantages after hormone therapy. You guys remember that conversation? Because we talked about it then. Saying, quote, I understand how you'd come to this conclusion because a lot of people still view trans women as men with male anatomies and physiologies. Well, we don't view them that way. They often tend to be that way. Uh, You know, you guys that are at the adult level, you guys are much slower than what you're pushing on these kids, these teenagers, uh, on the chemical castration and the uh, surgical mutilations that uh, you want them to do. You you guys typically don't do that. Now, the uh, UCI lowered the testosterone limit from 5 to 2.5 nanomoles. So again, we're seeing this pushback that is coming, where it's become very obvious that these folks are still competing at male levels as opposed to being female competitors. So hopefully some common sense will reach the rest of them. Uh, again, FIFA's not there yet. Uh, let's, let's push back ourselves, guys. Is the left's going nuts. Let's go a little nuts too, uh, you know, figuratively speaking. And let's push back. All right, that's going to have to be it for me, guys. Thank you so very much for uh, staying with me through the full two hours. As always, I'm very glad to have you here and proud that you have given up your time to listen to my ramblings. In the meanwhile, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. 
Be prepared to put in some effort, and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. I'm out. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.